why have you guys been able to differentiate that company? I mean, SEO is an extremely crowded space. So I'm just curious what your main differentiating factors are and why you've been able to compete so well. Even when you have great employees, you're gonna get great results. Hello, everybody, and welcome to How to Scale an Agency. We're going to be focusing on all the ways in which your business can grow and scale online as a digital marketing agency. The digital marketing agency space has never been easier to get into. And on this podcast, we're going to help uncover all the tricks and tools of the trade that digital marketing agency owners are doing today to help them achieve the scale necessary to be wealthy, prosperous, and do good in the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's version of How to Scale Your Agency. I'm on with Lance Bachman and his company, which he founded over a number of years, is One SEO. You might have heard of them. They're doing over eight figures a year in their agency. I had the pleasure of talking to him today. Thank you so much, Lance, for hopping on this podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Lucas. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Well, we like to have this guest on this podcast uh, primarily to help agencies scale. You know, we got a variety of different listeners. Sometimes people are, you know, at your size, they've already scaled to a certain point. A lot of people, though, are not. You know, if you look at the statistics, obviously many, many businesses have never even broke through a million dollars in revenue. So, first question I have for you is how'd you get here? Give me like the long and short of it. I'll make it quick for you. I left ATT, recruited my sister, Jackie Eldridge, Dave DePolo, Dave DePolo. Mm. The rest was history. We grind it, we let it rip. Let it rip behind it. it and we just put our heads down and just kept going. Have a passion for what you do and you have fun. I love that. Well, that's actually, you mentioned at the beginning of the call, that's the title of a book you're writing, right? Let it rip. Yeah, how to build a business, how to build multiple. You know, I own multiple businesses or yes. all yeah. million dollar businesses. And uh, I always say to my sons, let it rip. Whatever you're doing, like, let it rip. Like, don't let your past dictate your future. Let it rip. And, you know, uh, I just really believe that. Let it rip. I love that. Well, just dive into the questions here a little bit. So you have one SEO, which is your main business that you work on, but you also work in the IT space. You're a writer. You're doing a bunch of other things. But with one SEO, my first question is basically, uh, why have you guys been able to differentiate that company? I mean, SEO is an extremely crowded space. So I'm just curious what your main differentiating factors are and why you've been able to compete so well. My key employees, I got great employees. I mean, you name the people that have been with me for years. A lot, as you know, agency turnover is very high. We have turnover among some of our people, but all age, but we're lower. When you have great employees, you're gonna get great results. And you know, it, it isn't Lance Bachman. Lance Bachman was just fortunate enough to be the leader. As you know, I stepped down. CJ's the CEO of my company now. You know, I, I think when you have great people around you and you have the same vision and the boat's going the right way, uh, everyone's paddling the right way. You're going to get great results. It's the people. I mean, I would love to tell you it's the product. The product is great. I do believe we have one of the top two, three products in the country as far as digital marketing. Mm-hmm. When you have people that care, communication, you, you have standards. Like I said standards, right? I don't buy into this whole culture of you can do what you want to do. And it's the Google. I, I've been to Google. I've taught at Google. I've been to Facebook. Yeah. I've taught at Facebook. I know the grind they have also to work there. Uh, yeah. The myth is, you know, you go watch that movie with them. Um, Vince Vaughn, that everyone's just playing at Google. That's not the case. Great companies grind, they work, they have vision, communicate well. And, you know, unfortunately, we have, I would pay my millennials as people give them a bad name, my employees against anyone. I really do. And our customers are incredible. Yeah, my, you know, our customers understand it. We have transparency. 
Um, I think that's really what made us grow. And uh, really, I think that's why we're in the top 1% of all agencies in the country with Google and Facebook. I think that's why. I love that. I love that. And I will say, you know, you mentioned a, a key thing here, which I noticed with larger agencies is definitely the case. For instance, with Hawk Media, uh, other large companies, uh, you mentioned, you know, you set the standard. How often do you have to set the standard with a client? For instance, um, when you scale to, let's say, your guys' size, I imagine that even though you probably customize a lot of things for clients, you probably have a set way of doing stuff that works. You know, you're the experts, people come to you. Um, how do you kind of establish uh, those standards for clients when you work with them? I say this to everybody. Everyone's not a client for one SEO. And that's not being arrogant or rude. You're just not, right? I mean, mm -hmm. listen, everyone wasn't. Lance Bachman's wife, right? My wife is, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, everything's a fit, you know? And it's right. not, you know, you know I, I equate it to this. I explain to people and I say it to my team. When you go to the doctor and they tell you, hey, listen, you have colon cancer, you have this, whatever it may be, you go through their process. You don't dictate to them the process. If you're going to a digital agency, you have two things. A, you have a vision to grow your organization and you might not be with the agency yet. You don't know how to use digital marketing to get there. So it's a pain point, right? The other one is you're already with the agency. And you're not happy with the results. Either one or two things you're not happy with those results. They're under delivering or your expectations are too high. So we have to look at that and say, well, this is our process. We're battle tested. You know, I call some of my employment employees here, he man, right? Battle tested. You've been through the battle so much. We've gotten results. What would make you think you know more than your doctor that's performed over 4,000 colon uh, right. or HIV treatments or me right. that has 100 and plus employees, hundreds and hundreds of accounts that are happy, successful, love us. And you're yeah. one, like, so you got to set expectations of who the expert is in that field. And right. if you think you're the expert in that field calling my digital marketing agency, then you're probably not the fit for us. It's a collaboration. Right. That's a really interesting thing I've noticed. And, and it does seem that, you know, the higher you go up the value ladder, right? There's more of a, this is the way we do things. We're the expert. You got to maintain that paradigm throughout the entire engagement. So it's really interesting here. You say that one thing I am curious about, because I had somebody else on the show who's kind of doing a similar revenue as you guys um, recently. And one of the things he mentioned was one great way to scale. And I do see this as a trend with large agencies. One great way to scale is just continuously go up the value ladder, offer bigger retainers, aim for bigger companies, bigger clientele that lasts for longer. Um, is that your strategy or do you like to focus on small businesses, high volume, stack subscriptions, get retainer contracts? Like what's the main strategy with so, one SEO? Our strategy is this. We looked at our churn and just like the person who ever you had before me and I just had this conversation with someone. Any leader in an organization should be looking at where their churn is, right? And churn is the number one detriment, I believe, to any organization. Right. Yep. When you're churning clients, churn is not a good word. It's not your friend. It would get you in the end. Right. Nobody wants to churn their money. Nobody wants to churn their clients and clients or money. Right. Right. You're going to find it, especially with the lower paying clients, you just can't meet their expectations. Right. They don't take marketing as serious. There's a lot of reasons. So we saw that our churn was our lowest paying clients. Yeah. And we increased our threshold about a year ago and it's reduced our churn. And listen, did we go through about three, four months of, whoa, what's going on here? Our numbers are as high. We do start churn. Our employees are happier. Our product is better. The culture is better. So, yes, we even now are we going to do that again? No. Might we next year? CGA is yeah. our CEO. She'll make that decision. I will make that decision. But I'm sure that's something that's on CJ's plate to look at and say, okay, and Jolynn, where's our churn and where's our churn assessment next year? But, yes, 
you have to be looking at churn and who your best longevity value customers are. And that's yeah. what you should go for. Well, and also because uh, agencies can be measured in a lot of different ways. I mean, a lot of times people are focused predominantly on revenue, but if you actually have better margins and your business is more stable and you're growing maybe a little bit less per year than a co another company that's just taking everybody, uh, you actually might have a better valuation, a more solid business model. So I definitely hear you there. I am curious though, what should the agency's churn be? I mean, if you had to give advice as like a standard benchmark, that should be at. A lot of agencies I see throughout the course of a year is somewhere around 40, 50%. I think a good agency's churn is going to be somewhere between 10, 15% of their clients. I mean, I think that's when you have hundreds of clients, you're going to lose people, right? It's just that simple. No fault of your own, some fault of your own, just can't meet expectations. It's a yeah. lot, you don't want to, but your insurance companies lose that percentage. And no one yes. cares about their insurance. I mean, people care right. about their money, right? So, um, <laughs> Yeah. You got realistic expectations. When I hear someone says I lost no clients last year, I'm like, you're full of it. I don't want to hear it. So I, I, I take people at a grain of salt, right? Like it's, if you shoot me straight, I'll shoot you straight. If you're full of BS, I'll tell you you're full of BS. Just to be real though, and, and this is what I'm really curious about, I think a lot of people listening to this will be as well, is, um, you know, you can't really do that, right? With a, uh, with, with su super small business clients because uh, so many of them fail in the first year of starting their business, right? So you almost have to find stable businesses. Do you, do, is that like a requirement with the people you work with? Either they've raised money, they have capital, or they're, they're a stable business. I mean, do you guys even go for any of the new companies? We don't, that's not part of our strategy, seeing who is registered for their, their whatever. No, we, yeah. we, we, we want existing businesses or new businesses that want to grow to have a budget, right? It's all about budget. People understand, right? You have budget, mm -hmm. expectations, results, expectations, right? I always say to people, budget, expectations, results, expectations, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they got to align. And yeah. somebody with, you know, I always say this to someone, you know, it's funny. Um, when I was younger, I was poor, right? I took this girl out to Olive Garden. She was beautiful. Like, I thought, oh, love, right? So, I thought, like, we're living now. We're at Olive Garden, right? Like, it doesn't get better than this. Like, I grew up so poor. Yeah. Olive Garden was my benchmark, right, when I was about 21, 22, right? Yeah. And she sat. I'm like, it doesn't get any better than this. And she was like, well, I want to go here. I want to go there. Now, she's a bartender, this girl, right? I said, I said, I can't afford that. And she said, well, you know, this, that. I said, listen, I got beer money. And I don't have champagne taste. I said, if you want <laughs> a guy that has beer money and has champagne taste, I'm not that guy. And I said, and we never right. went out. And she actually left. There you go. But I'm a very typical <laughs> person. Like, you get your, your budget has to reflect your expectations and that has to be set up to the results. Right. Do you feel like that also necessitates, I mean, obviously finding the right clientele is going to reduce your churn. Having certain types of prices on your services, the minimum too, will also reduce your churn. Because if you charge $1,000, you're going to attract a certain kind of client. If you charge $5,000, you're going to attract a different kind of client. Do you feel like in order to reduce churn, it's also imperative that you get people to actually sign paper contracts? There's a big move I've seen with uh, agencies where you'll either have a click wrap contract that's just on the website, or you'll actually just have a you send a link out sometimes and you just say it's a six month contract or so there's a big move to monthly subscriptions. I'm curious, do you make everybody sign like a long-term contract to work with you guys? Not long-term for legal reasons. You need to have a contract, right? Yeah, of for course, legal yeah. reasons you need to have something and the verbal agreement doesn't work in this day and age, especially with, you know, knock on wood people. Some people are bad people, right? And they'll just do a charge back to you. They'll do whatever. They'll try and steal your yeah. employees. Um, I mean, I've been through the game here, right? So, mm -hmm. 
We have an agreement. It's month to month with a 30 day out. So I'm married, right? My wife's name is on my house and it's paid off and it's been paid off. And people right. are like, what? I'm like, listen, <laughs> if my wife don't want to stay with me, no love and glance back with no more. I'm not forcing her. Well, if I'm yeah. not forcing her to stay, I promise you as a client, I'm not making you stay. <laughs> right? Right. Right. Children. So you have to have perspective. So I don't think right. I don't think it does agencies good to have unhappy clients there pestering their people saying you're locked into an agreement. I just don't it's hey, it should be yeah. month to month. My job is to prove value to every month. If I can't prove value to every month and make you happy, why would I want you here? And why would you want to be with me? Yeah. It's really interesting that you guys have, I mean, I, I've seen, you know, obviously Hawk Media does this too with like month to month contracts and everything. And I'm just curious, like, how do you guys deliver so much value in that first month to get them to stay? I mean, what is, do you emphasize relationship management? Do you emphasize getting them deliverables really quickly so that way they yeah. see something? I mean, how do you keep them for so long? If you know, you want to win at digital marketing, you have to set expectations for the client, right? No one, this isn't instant caffeine. This isn't Red Bull. This isn't Folgers yeah. in the morning, drink a cup and I run 10 miles. Anyone that tells you that is lying, right? And you got to set expectations. We set expectations. We audit everything. We do the research. We look at everything in that first month to two months, depending on the size of the client, right? And then we start the work. And that's why we have so much success because our work is correct. It's right. You're going to see results. If we just give you rush results, I mean, rush work is going to get you rush results. They're going to probably be garbage. But you give people, you must give people like a plan. Like it must be like, here's, here's what's do, going to happen. You know, you have a whole year plan, six yeah. months, a year plan. And we do quarterly plans once you're past that constantly. And I mean, I don't think, you know, I think when I say this to people and someone says, when I say, listen, this is the process. And someone says, how do we cut it in half? I already know you're not the client for us. You're impatient. Like I say to people all the time, you've had your business 20 years. What's changing in an extra two weeks? You've yeah. had this 10 years. What's changing? Would you rather have it right or wrong? Yeah, you got it. Right. It's, it's making sure that it's very interesting because we're starting to get past that like $2 million a year mark in our business. And uh, we've actually started doing the same thing. Um, but it's just so refreshing to hear you talk about how you have to set expectations. Because one thing I've been telling my team is like, exactly what you've been saying you know you got to make sure everything is is told in advance starting with like top of funnel to sales everybody and then reiterated throughout the entire process like hey look we got a lot of clients you have a, you have a lot of things you got to do i don't want to waste your time i don't want you to waste our time like let's just work together if you think it's a good fit if not it might not be a good fit you know that i, I think that's a really interesting thing i've seen consistently with larger agencies and so i appreciate you saying that out the only way you can have happiness. You got to remember, yeah. Lance Bachman isn't working on every single account. Lance Bachman yeah, works yeah. on our product, on our pro not processes, CJs, but I'm yeah. constantly working on Lions AI, Lions reporting. They'll come to me with a serious technical question or something that's right. not here. Facebook might come to me and ask me to resolve something. Google might ask me to look into something. But I mean, on the day to day, I'm not client relation. Right. Uh, well, and I was actually going to say, you know, you mentioned Lions AI, right? So. A lot of the founders I've been talking to as well, uh, agency owners, uh, especially ones who have crossed the seven-figure mark, us included, have shifted. You know, they still do services, but they they really are pushing into software too. Um, is that AI product? Is that a, is that a software product? You guys yeah, working it's proprietary. And it's all around weather. Your your latest product. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about that. Yeah, and no one else has it, and we build it out, and it's down to the like. And we haven't really started pushing it yet because I want to make sure when I roll it out, I got a few other extra features that are going to come out into it. And obviously, I'm trying to get a trademark uh, patent. So uh, I, don't oh, really cool. I don't think it's going to pass the patent, but that's okay. But 
going to be very yeah. hard for someone else to duplicate this. Um, and we put, you know, me, Anthony Kane, and BJ. I mean, really, truthfully, it's been the better part of my last two years of my life. I was going to say, so, I mean, are, are, is that the, was that the end goal? Was it like start an agency and then get into software? I see that happening. That's what my goal has been. I see that happening with a lot of people is to get into that position. Use that as like a, an acquisition channel. So you have consistent people you can sell the service or sell software to. Uh, and then you kind of go up the, the value chain a little bit. I saw the need in the marketplace when it's cold out. People, people, service-based businesses have to fill their job boards, and they have no clue how to do it every day. They know they have no clue what their budget should be, how many leads they should expect. You have all this historical data that you can take call metrics from, chats, emails, overlay it with the weather. It gives you a forecast, a 15-day forecast. Right. And it tells right. you how many leads just based off of your last two, three weeks, or whatever it may be, uh, or last year's, what your budget has to be, what your lead should be, what your conversion rate is now for each campaign. And that's going to give you a very good outlook to what you need to do. So right. I saw the need. I built it. Um, I kept seeing the need. I built it with Anthony Kane and BJ. We put hours into it. CJ, fortunately enough, said, listen, Lance, if that's really what you want to do, uh, focus on that. And have I monetized right. it? No, I haven't, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm so inundated on making it better. Yeah. And CJ's like, when are we taking it to – to the market and she, she, she yeah. understands her job she's the ceo she i'm like wait i'm so passionate i want it to be perfect when we really 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 take it to market can my clients use it right. now have it yes do they love it yes i gave you an example uh to a company hvac company from two million to seven and a half million dollars this year so far just on lions ai weather predictability that's crazy. And so, I mean, do you, what's the, what's the end, you know, goal with uh, one SEO, you know I mean? With, with where you guys are at building the software product. I mean, do you want to push more and more into software uh, with this or what's the end goal with your company in the next five years, 10 years kind of deal? We're going to stay in our lane, home services, legal. Um, yeah, remember, we have no private equity firm. I own 100% of one SEO, 100%. It's my company. I have no debt here. We have no debt as an organization, zero. I'm very happy where one seo is heading i'm happy with my leadership team and we'll see what the future holds but you know we, we're a family here and we love it so i can't tell you i have this big exit strategy or this big side right. that's not it's terrible for me to be saying that but you know i'm going to keep driving we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to make the products better and make our customers happy that's our that's my main goal right now i love it well you know i i have a million other questions i want to ask you but i know you've got you know short time and i, I want to respect that but a couple last bit ones here so if you were to start the agency over again, because how old is the agency? How long have you guys been around? 15 years this April. Okay. If you were to start all over again, advice to like, you know, your six figure agency owners out here listening to this podcast, what would you do differently? Just maybe 30 seconds or less. How would you, how would you approach it? Get rid of every terrible client that keeps you up at night. You'll never be able to focus. The best thing I did was fire Thomas Edison Electrical. He was my fifth largest client seven, eight years ago. Sucked mm -hmm. up so much of my time. Sucked up so much of Joe Lynn's time. I think he was spending with us 80000 100000 a month. And I just wrote him an email and said, we're done. I saw we're my done. sister crying on an airplane. I was like, what is going on? She's like, it's him again. He, he just was a woodpecker. Just wouldn't stop. He just, he's a nice guy. He's a very yeah. nice guy. It's just his mentality was he owned you if he paid you. You don't own your agency. So – you can't grow if you have unhappy people and people are, I'm not saying that you can't, you don't have to eat crap from your client. You do. Right. You got to pick when's enough enough. I love this. This has been an extremely refreshing interview. And I know that for anyone listening, it's going to be extremely helpful for them as they scale their agency up. We just finished here with like 
two last questions. First one, how old are you? I'm 47. 47. And uh, what's any book recommendations? How to build a business, multiple million dollar businesses, let it rip. We'll be out soon. Oh, your, your book, oh, besides your own, any, anything else? <laughs> uh, good to great, built to last, book. winning. Freakonomics is probably one of the best mm. books you'll ever read, I believe. Yeah. You know, they're probably some of my favorite books. They're all business books. I think they tell a good story. I think Freakonomics is a great one, uh, really comparing the corporate world and what you do to being a drug dealer, which I never was a drug dealer. I got my favorite trouble when I was younger, but never so far. <laughs> but it just shows you very similarities in corporate America and right. certain things. And it's a great book. And it's just, if you have a high IQ for a lot of things, you'll have a high IQ in business. I love that. And then I, I guess, final question. Just because we have a lot of people who get into software and there's a big conversation with the agency community about, you know, valuations of agencies after a certain point of revenue versus software, et cetera, et cetera. And there's some tension there. I'm just curious, like with one SEO as a whole, how would you just personally value the, the agency today? Like, even if you're not going to sell it, like, would you do you value it as a multiple on revenue? Well, there's two, right? So some people do revenue and some people do EBITDA. I'm a big EBITDA person for any business I buy. I own other companies. I want to know you're profitable. And listen, there's always room to adjust that EBITDA, right? I mean, what's your depreciation look like? What was that depreciation? What's your aging look like? What's your cash flow look like? You know, do you have expenses that we can trim if we put it, put in there? If you're a, um, a lookalike company, as you know, I, I look at things differently. Um, I'm not a big believer on revenue because mm-hmm. if you have a $10 million company in revenue and it has a 2% margin, and then yeah. if you have a $5 million company that has 40% margin, which one would you rather own? Exactly. I mean, big numbers can can look great, but big numbers can also not be the tail of the tape. So right. I bet right now companies are being evaluated over both EBITDA and gross. SaaS companies, obviously, um, most SaaS companies, software companies are just pure multiplier of the total revenue. Yeah, obviously, very, very vastly different in a lot of aspects, but... Awesome. Well, thank you, Lance, for being on this. I'd love to have you on in the future, you know, as you scale up the software and everything. And uh, really excited to see you progressing everything. It's been, you know, you said 14 years, right? So 14 years getting to this point. It's been extremely great having you on this. And if anyone wants to check out your book, it's Let It Rip. Uh, You you said you didn't have a date when that's going to be published yet, right? Hopefully by January 1, it comes out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lance. And uh, thank you for being on. We'll 